We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. If you will. Uh, Lon Seidman from Lon.tv, obviously a frequent contributor here in Brian and Company, joins us now. Uh, Lon, are you in Florida? I am in Florida. I'm looking at the rocket right now. We're about three miles away at the NASA press site. So it's still a go. At, it, at this point, it's on hold. Um, and reading, you know, there's a vibe you can pick up here on the press site, and there's a lot of nervous uh, folks around here. It's 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 very iffy right now. Yeah, it, it sounds like I saw Tom Costello tweet about something. You know, it's related to the rocket. So this is not a weather issue. It's a it's a rocket Technical issue. One. Yeah, so they, they've worked a bunch of issues this morning. They had a fueling issue initially, which slowed them down a little bit. They had a potential crack that turned out to be just foam cracking. Uh, but now there's an issue with an engine and how some of the plumbing of the engine works in uh, dealing with some of the pressures of the, the hydrogen fuel running through. So they're trying to work out a couple of things. They can't actually go to the pad to fix it. So this is like remote control plumbing <laughs> that you have to do to make it flush itself out. So they're trying a bunch of stuff. And, and we were told that there was going to be a 10-minute hold about 20 minutes ago. And we're still holding. They have a two-hour window, so it's possible that, you know, they can get it resolved within that. Right. I mean, there's no risk of loss of life. It's unmanned, but you're talking about billions of dollars. So uh, if, they did, if they did scrap it, like, when would they try again? So the next attempt would be on Friday, and then it would depend on how, how, bad, how, how much repair that engine would need or how much servicing that engine would need. So if they have to bring it back to the vehicle assembly building to tear it down, that'll be a whole other story. So, I, don't, I don't understand that, though, Lon, because like, if they've had all this buildup. Like, wouldn't they have gone through a million checks before they got to this point? Why do they find this stuff out at the 11th hour? Well, they, they, they only fuel the rocket right before they launch it. And because the fuels are incredibly cold, right. um, there, there's a lot of things that can happen as a result of that. You have a lot of uh, state changes. You have uh, things that expand and contract with that temperature change, and that, that's probably contributing to it. They did do a dress rehearsal of the fueling process a couple of months ago, and they, they had an issue that popped up today that happened then, and they were able to get through it. But this is a new one. We're talking with Lon Seidman from Lon.TV here on Brian and Company and WTIC News Talk 1080. Okay, so let's go. Let's just talk about the whole project in general. Uh, you, tell people what, what actually is supposed to happen today and, and, and why it's important. So why it's important is that this is the first step in trying to get back to the moon and having people on the moon. And so what they're going to be doing is testing you know, a, new, a new platform for doing that. So you have the, the rockets that, that's going to lift the, uh, the, the cruise stage essentially into orbit. And then there'll be a new, another spacecraft on the top of it called the Orion, which is basically a space capsule. And attached to that is that cruise stage that comes from the European Space Agency. And they're going to have it go to the moon and kind of orbit the moon for two months and then come back. And the uh, hope is during that period of time, they can make sure all the equipment is working properly so it's safe for humans. But they're also going to be looking at the effects of radiation traveling that far out. And one of the interesting things that I learned yesterday in talking to some of the engineers here is that you know, we haven't had a woman leave low Earth orbit before. And the plan is to have women on, on these missions. So they're doing a lot of radiation testing of uh, some of the areas of, of a female body that are more uh, vulnerable to cancers like the breasts and, and, the, and the uterus. So they're, they're, there's a lot that they're doing here in this mission beyond just the technical. And so how come, you know, we 
JFK says in what, like 1960 or 61 that, you know, we're going to go to the moon by the end of the decade. And I've, I've listened to a lot of stuff, read a lot of stuff. They made it by 69. And here we are, you know, 50 something years later and it's taking years to do. I don't understand why, if they did it then, why it's so still so hard to do now. I think that back then what they did is they had designed a mission to get to the moon, stay for a day or two and come back. And, you know, the, the approach now is the long-term uh, viability of trying to live on the, on the moon. And so that needs a different type of rocket, one that's more versatile than the one that they had sent initially, because you're going to have to send up cargo. You're going to have to send up, believe it or not, a space station to sit in between us and the moon for refueling. Uh, you know, there's just a lot more that goes into it. And, you know, to some degree, you know, they, they spent a lot of time uh, with the space shuttle and not thinking about its transition. And so we got caught behind, I think, on that. You know, the commercial uh, efforts to get astronauts to and from the space station have certainly helped alleviate some of the budgetary pressures. Um, but, you know, at this point, you know, this, this probably should have been started a decade earlier than, than where we are. But, but now it looks like the, the, the desire here is to get ourselves back to the moon and stay there this time. Oh, we're talking with Lon Seidman from TV, who's live for us in Florida at the launch pad of Artemis 1, which is scheduled for 8.33 a.m., but it, there's a 10-minute hold already, and it might get scrapped. It might get pushed ahead uh, till Friday. C- do you have a sense? C- can you give people a sense of perspective of how th- they say this is the most powerful rocket ever built? What, is that, what does that actually mean? Yes. So by, by most powerful, they mean that it is capable of lifting the most amount of weight to the moon versus anything else that's launched before. And the rocket right now is configured basically using... Uh, parts from the space shuttle. So the rocket boosters are scaled up rocket boosters from the space shuttle. The rocket engines are actually the actual engines that were on the space shuttle missions that have been refurbished and retooled for this one. And over time, they're going to be increasing the capacity of the rocket to lift more weight. And so this this first mission is to to make sure that this thing is working. You know, of course, you also have SpaceX working on a very uh, ambitious uh, rocket as well. And so there's some pressure not only from other governments like China and Russia, but also from the commercial side to, to see if they can kind of get this, this rolling first. Well, the, that's what sort of surprised... Why- I'm, I'm so mm-hmm. Keep going. Finish that point. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it, it's, I, I think there's some pressure there. And, and, and of course, this rocket is, is it has components from all 50 states, so there's some congressional members that want to keep that going too. <laughs> well, but what's interesting is that this is actually a NASA-backed um, project where I, I thought mm-hmm. that most of this stuff was honestly getting outsourced now and i think a lot of people think that spacex might even do a better job than nasa when it comes to this kind of stuff well you know it's interesting is is that the um the plan was to to get the commercial stuff for the the low earth orbit operations to free up nasa for the for the longer thing um what's interesting though is that that spacex will be doing the lander for the moon so they will be landing on the moon at the moment at least um not this mission but a future one they'll be landing on the moon with a spacex Starship, although they'll be launching astronauts on the NASA rocket first. And I think the argument that you would hear from NASA is that, look, you know, Starship's in development. It's certainly making progress, but this rocket is here now. Um, you know, if they can get this engine worked out, this, this rocket will send a human-rated spacecraft to the moon before anyone else can be ready to do that. And I think that's, that's the argument they're making for, for keeping this program the way it is. Gotcha. Have you ever uh, seen a, ro- uh, a launch down there? Yes, I've been to five of them. This is my sixth one. Um, and, and of the five that I've been to already, only one took off on time. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, can you tell people, I mean, I did the last space shuttle launch. I, I want to say it was mm-hmm. 11, but I can't remember the exact year. That's about that, right. And it was, it was a pretty intense experience. Just tell me what it's like for you. So, it, it, you know, it's, it's frightening, to be quite honest with you, because the, the amount of, I don't think you can appreciate the amount of energy being expelled out the back, the back of these rockets unless you're actually seeing it. 
the brightness to me is the thing that really stands out the most. You see, uh, it almost it almost hurts to look at it, um, the, the plume of the rocket as it's going up. And then you're 20 seconds in, and all of a sudden the sound catches up, and you have this booming, almost like those fireworks bursts that goes on for a really long period of time to give you just a, a real sense of appreciation of how dangerous this is and how you're really just controlling the output of an explosion over a long duration. Mm. Um, and, and you really can't appreciate it, I think, until you come down here, even just to take the tour on the, on the Kennedy Space Center bus, just to see the scale of this. You know, this rocket in particular is three stories tall. Um, we're three miles away from it. It looks like I could walk to it. it, it it's so big. Um, so it doesn't look all that small to me right now as I'm looking at it. And just the, the amount of uh, expertise and, and collaboration and, and, and desire and, and persistence to get something this large, not only off the planet, but to another orbital body is pretty remarkable. Yeah. yeah. Listen, Lon.TV, you can, uh, the YouTube channel is fantastic. He's down in Florida. Maybe we'll catch up after the launch, whether it happens today or Friday. And obviously, we're real grateful for the time. Thank you. Yeah, it's lots of fun, and hopefully we'll have a, a launch to talk about. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Thanks, Lon. Be safe. Thank you. Hi, Lon Simon from Lon.TV. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.